Welcome to the Truth of the Matter is podcast. I'm your host, Jonathan, and this is episode 133. Now, if you don't mind, let's begin by giving a round of applause to all of our new and consistent listeners. We thank you on advance for continuing to press play at your own convenience. So let me begin by saying thank you so much for tuning in, and I hope that the conversation today will be a blessing to you. Now, as I look back last week, one of the ways that the Lord has blessed me will happen to be through my understanding to see the importance of supporting someone in their dreams and aspirations. Why do you think I say this? Well, let's begin with a beautiful passage in the book of Acts, chapter 20, verse 35. Again, it's the book of Acts, chapter 20, verse 35, and this is what it says. I have been a constant example of how you can help those in need by working hard. You should remember the words of the Lord Jesus. It is more of a blessing to give than to receive. Let me repeat that last portion. It is more of a blessing to give than to receive. Now, how does this verse actually tie in? Well, I'm glad you asked. So in advance, my oldest brother... Adrian reached out to me and asked if I could come watch his performance. Now, the performance he's talking about is a dance performance for those who are curious. Now, of course, in my personal life, as you know, if you've been listening to the podcast, I'm still working on paying things off. Obviously, I'm past that season in my life. However, there's some cleanup. I have to make sure that I make payments on time. And slowly but surely, I'll be back in a place where I'm a bit more comfortable. So, in that case, for me, missing any work would actually be considered a setback to what I'm looking to accomplish. But then... There are just some things that are more important than others in life. And I would have to say supporting a family member in any case is super important. That's the reason why you have family. You're supposed to be there for one another. You're supposed to care for one another. And the very definition of family is standing on your morals and also understanding the importance of supporting people and what they need. So, with my older brother being a family member and one of the most important people in my life that played a role in my upbringing, I took the time to drive the two hours in traffic and I took off work to support him. Now, in this case, for those who don't know, I live in Brooklyn, New York. My older brother moved to Jersey. I believe he's been in Jersey for the last five years. And the tolls 
in New York have gone up significantly. It's pretty much maybe almost $60 potentially to go from Brooklyn into New Jersey in the back way. Normally we go through Staten Island and to come back. And I made sure I did this because I know it meant a lot to him. And normally he doesn't ask for a lot of things. So I recognized the sincerity and his voice. And I needed to match that by making sure I was there for him. So, yes, I took off of work and I drove. And I was being a blessing simply by giving him one of the most valuable things that I can offer. And that's my time. Now, I was also commented by a friend, Jen, who also took the time to support him as well. And I think that's a beautiful thing. Now, before the show began, I remember hearing the director say in the introduction how these performers actually choreographed their own routines and rehearsed a ton of times in the last month to put a product up on the stage for us to enjoy. And in the process of hearing those things, it took me down memory lane and I started to ponder about my own experiences during my football days in high school and in college. The training camps, the off-season workouts that I did to get in the very best shape of my life, to be the best version of myself, in order to showcase my ability to be a starter and or make a name for myself. To have the opportunity to produce a film to help me reach the next level, I can tell you right off the rip, from experience this is a lot of work and it was in that moment of hearing what this person had to say that I felt instant connection in regards to working hard and just wanted people to come and support me in that moment it was that trip down memory lane that made me empathize with my older brother and the reason for asking me to come watch him. If I may, one more comparison that I'll bring up is this podcast, The Truth of the Matter is Podcast. You know, the amount of hours a week that I spend in preparation to make sure that it's thorough, it's accurate in connection to scripture and also without question applicable to a person who's living a Christian difference. The hope is that it will be a blessing to someone who decides to press play. Regardless of how many who actually do, isn't my concern. But what is my concern is that the message is accessible for the consumption of someone who comes across it. It's about the consumer. But most importantly, my performance and who I am is for an audience of one. And that's Jesus Christ. You know, it was through this process I was able to appreciate and understand the value and importance of supporting someone who requested my appearance. In this moment, I believe God intentionally showed me the happiness that it could be brought 
is someone who works hard and does a fantastic job. As a result, you're able to see the expression and contentment on the face of the individual for two fronts. The two fronts would actually be this, the accomplishment of the performance and the face of relief as that individual, those individuals can see those who came to support them. In my opinion, this was a blessing and an amazing experience to be a part of. So, on this note, this is a great reminder that myself and Daniel encourage you to reflect over the week. And you'll be surprised how the presence of God was with you minute by minute, hour by hour, day by day. All that you need to do is reflect and pay close attention to the details of our lives. Because God's presence can most definitely be found there. Now, with that being said, we're going to open up with prayer first and foremost. And of course, the goal is to dive into the scriptures. Father God, in Jesus' name, we thank you for family, for community, for friendships, for adversity, for complications. We thank you for the instruction of your word because through it, we have guidance, protection, security. As we go to it today, I pray that it will bring about peace to our souls and minds as we maneuver in this dark world that needs you, Lord. Scripture says that if anyone is in Christ, he or she is a new creature. So I pray that we know who we are in you, Christ. Therefore, I ask that we continue to walk in God's truth, not our own truth. Let us be unashamed of the gospel because it's the power of God. I ask that we are bold for Christ understanding that we are his image barriers created in his image to do good works and exemplify him amen all those who are in agreement with this prayer say these things in jesus name we pray and make sure you do it confidently and with surety and of course in faith in jesus name we pray amen so the text for today is going to be Matthew chapter 8, verse 23 through 27. But before I read the passage, I need to break down a few things to be helpful to those who are following along. In the Gospel of Luke series, we cover this passage and you could have came to the conclusion that the wording of Luke is very similar to the wording of Matthew as it pertains to this particular story that we are about to read today. So the question might be asked, why, why speak about it? Why mention something that's been covered, which we're going to unpack today? And I'm going to explain why. Now, if you are tuning in for the first time today, we want you to know that thus far we've had three series. The first John series, the Gospel of Luke series, and currently we are in the Gospel of Matthew series. Now, if you haven't read the Gospels before, it's important to understand that certain stories from the Gospels will overlap 
and sound very similar. However, be mindful that there is always something specially written from the perspective of the writer that is the particular voice of that said gospel. You can almost guarantee that just how there are similarities, there will also be differences in others. Now you may be asking, well, what do I mean? Well, each gospel is written to a certain audience. So let's do a quick review, right? Bear with me, please. And I want to provide a little history behind this. So the gospel of Matthew portrays Jesus as king and the audience was the Jewish people. Now, Matthew's focus was particularly on the sermons. The Gospel of Matthew portrayed Jesus as servant. The audience was Romans, and Mark's focus was on miracles. The Gospel of Luke portrays Jesus as a man, and the audience was Gentiles, me and you included, Greeks as well. And Luke's focus was on parables. And the Gospel of John portrayed Jesus as God. And the audience would be all people, including women. And the focus was specifically on his teachings. Now, if you are following me, the author in each gospel may or may not provide certain pieces of information that would be necessary or unnecessary to their audience for a particular reason. And that reason will vary because it could make a difference. And then again, it may not. Let me repeat that again. I don't want you to be perplexed. Like, what is he talking about? I'm saying the author in East Gospel may or may not provide certain pieces of information. Why? Because in some cases it's necessary, while in other cases it's not necessary. The reason, the reasons for that is that they vary because it could make a difference. And then again, it may not make a difference. Right, the said information and how it's communicated, the said information and how it's communicated varies based upon culture means. Therefore, when we read the Gospels, right, the goal is to pay close attention and allow God's word in time to tell you revelational knowledge. As you continue to read God's word, if there's one thing I can tell you that you'll notice is that you'll be able to pick up on some things, but not all things. The Bible is full of wisdom and there are some parts that may not be able to make sense to you now, but it will over time. So understand that because there's so much wisdom, there is no way you can obtain all that wisdom in one sitting. It takes time. It takes time to understand that there are different perspectives on any given text. And this is the uniqueness of God's word and the uniqueness of the speaker of God's word is because there's always potential growth. And that person's relationship and walk with God that would allow them to open up the possibility of something much more deeper that may not be revealed by the naked eye. Or for the inexperienced, or the one who's first walking with God in a short amount of time. This is the reason why certain informations in the scriptures take time. You have to mature, you have to go through a process 
when things have a better way. Where things have a better way of revealing themselves to you after you've gotten the understanding of why it needed to happen that way. This is the why this is the reason why certain passages may have specific emphasis than others. Again, it's all in maturity of how you began to understand the word of God. Over time you may want to know the cultural emphasis on something and why certain things matter and why what am I missing and what I'm not getting. It's all about timing. Second point I want to mention is each passage of scripture can be useful in multiple scenarios that come up. The challenge becomes and the question becomes, am I implementing in it in faith with good intentions and can it glorify Jesus Christ? I repeat that again. The challenge becomes and the question becomes, how am I implementing it? In my faith. Am I doing it with good intentions? And can it glorify Jesus Christ? Now I say this because the Bible is full of patterns, principles, and precepts. And you've heard me said that, right? And as ambassadors and representatives of Christ, it's our job as students of the word to recognize the patterns and see how certain characters have fallen short or have risen through the occasion this is why in these situations taking notes and being better should be our goal as students of God's word the apostle Paul said this in Philippians chapter 4 verse 9 I thought it was apropos here he says whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me put it into practice and a God of peace will be with you whatever you've learned or received or heard from me or seen in me put it into practice and the God of peace will be with you as you can see Paul wants us to be observant he wants us to be students of the word and the example that is set as an apostle it's critical here. Now, when I spoke about this topic in Luke, the emphasis was on handling concerns. How do you handle concerns? And that's episode 23 for those who are curious to want to look back. It was also episode 22 that speaks about active faith and startling discoveries. You want to go back and listen to that. It also could be helpful. But today, I want to speak about it from the perspective of how the peace of mind is all we need. The peace of mind is all that we need. Now, let me read Matthew 8, verses 23 to 27. And I'm going to read it in the ESV. And when he got into the boat, his disciples followed him. And behold, there arose a great storm on the sea so that the boat was being swamped by the waves. But he, Jesus, was asleep. And he went and woke him, saying, Save us, Lord, we are perishing. And he said to them, 
why are you afraid? Oh, you of little faith. Then he rose and rebuked the winds and the sea, and there was a great calm. Verse 27. And the men marveled, saying, What sort of man is this that even the winds and sea obey him? Now, my goal today is not to keep you long, but here's what I want to do. I want to point something out that may transform the way that you think moving forward. And I'll start off by saying this. The quality of your thinking can impact and determine certain approaches in your life. The quality of your thinking can impact and determine certain approaches in your life. And that is what I would like to help you out with today. So let me begin by asking a rhetorical question. What does having a peace of mind look like? What does having a peace of mind look like? What well, I can tell you this, many people are deserving of it and yet constantly reject it. Yep. Many people are deserving of it and yet constantly reject it why is it that they are constantly rejecting it well people don't like the way it's packaged they don't like the way it's packaged accepting jesus christ as lord and savior is problematic by a lot of people questioning in the deity of christ wondering whether or not he was really a man it's complex for some and not possible for many If you desire to have peace of mind, my goal is to tell you how today. But let's talk about what it is for starters. To have a peace of mind is to operate at a state in which your brain is calm, at ease, untroubled by worry. To have a peace of mind is to operate at a state in which your brain is calm, at ease, untroubled by worry. Which had me thinking, what is it important? Or which had me thinking, why is it important to be in this frame of mind? Why should I be in this frame of mind? Well, for one, God's intent for humankind is to achieve relationships. And those relationships should be with him. And through that relationship, experiences can be maximized. Your ability to flourish in your purpose can be maximized with God. That's God's intent, is that he wants us to maximize our ability to flourish in our purpose. And the way that that happens is with God. As we look at this story in Matthew and many others throughout the gospel series, the one common denominator is the presence of having Jesus as a physical example. And I believe this was God's intent. He gave us a standard. He followed up by providing us an example of how we ought to live Christ-like. And I think that is something that's very critical. As a matter of fact, there's a passage in 1 John chapter 5, verse 20, and it says... And we know 
that the Son of God has come and has given us understanding so that we may know him who is true and we are in him who is true by being in his Son, Jesus Christ. He is the true God and eternal life. The next verse says, keep yourself from idols. The key word here is understanding, right? If you're looking to ease your mind, it begins with understanding and accepting truth. What person understands the process of something and the stress? Unless they automatically know what it takes and therefore the stress is not in their understanding. The stress is in the tolerance of what they're going to go through. I give you an example. I work out all the time. And if there's anything you should know from working out is that it could become challenging. If you up the weight, it's challenging. If you're doing more, it is challenging. To maintain a certain amount of effort, it's challenging. And where does most of this come from? Your understanding of going through the process. In the book of Proverbs chapter 4 verse 7, it says, Wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom, and with all thy getting, get understanding. Understanding. You hear me talk about faith all the time. What do you think James is providing when he says, Consider it pure joy when you face trials and tribulations, and know that the testing of your faith will produce perseverance. Let perseverance finish his work, so you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. If anyone lacks anything, let them ask God who gives generously without finding fault. He's telling you through your understanding by exercising faith, he's talking about what it takes and the purpose of enduring, right? Romans chapter five, verse two through five, it says rejoice in your suffering because it produces perseverance, produces character, produces hope. There's understanding there. It's telling you to rejoice, be thankful in your suffering stage. Again, providing understanding. Now, I want us to look at this verse in the Amplified Version. Just now, we read Proverbs 4, 7, just in a standard basic NIV. But I want us to read it in the Amplified Version for a particular reason. And I want you to catch the wording here because I love it personally. As a philosopher myself, I appreciate the wording here in the Amplified. And it says, the beginning of wisdom is get skillful and godly wisdom it is preeminent preliminant and with all your acquiring get understanding active actively seeking spiritual discernment mature comprehension and logical interpretation get this again the beginning of wisdom is get skillful and godly wisdom it is preeminent with all your acquiring Get understanding, actively seeking spiritual discernment, mature comprehension, and logical interpretation. This is such a beautiful philosophical breakdown. I love it. Now, I've spoken at length about the idea of filling up your jar. That was the theme of the year, two years ago for the podcast. And, and the fill up your jar really is the expansion of your knowledge and memory of scripture for your soul and the purpose of responding and 
acting Christ-like in the world when dealing with other people, including yourself and reminding you of God's standard. And I believe this can be a game changer because this is how you achieve confidence in God. Again, it's all about the practicality. When you lose the practicality and you embrace the spiritual, there are certain aspects of the practicality that allows you to operate and then share with other people and be useful to them in their personal growth and relationship with God. I think sometimes we get so caught up in trying to be spiritual that there's practical application that can be accessible for the growth of others, which is why we should share all good works with other people within the body of Christ and those who are super curious. I don't think it was a mistake in Romans 8, 28 that says all things work together for those who love the Lord and accord according to his purpose. This is how you become holy. This is how you become unbothered about the word standards. It's not about the world standards. The world standards do you no good, especially when God called us to be separate. Right? This is how God can use us as an instrument of righteousness. When you're holy and set apart from the world, then you're not operating under the world's choices and decisions. Instead, you're placing God's standard, his kingdom, his government above everything else that is not like him. Now, we go to the Gospel of John, chapter 1, verse 14. It says, the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory. The glory of the one and only son who came from the father full of grace and truth. So having peace of mind is allowing the words within God's word to instruct you and shape your worldview. Having a peace of mind is allowing the words within God's word to instruct you and shape your worldview. The word of God is a collection of books that were written by individuals who actually walked and were influenced by God's presence. Which, of course, is the Holy Spirit, the power and the manifestation of the Holy Spirit. Now, there are two verses that support my statement, and we're going to look at them right now. And here are them as followed. We're going to go to 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 16 through 21, and we're going to read this in the Amplified Version. It says, For we did not follow cleverly devised stories or myths when we made known to you the power of and the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. But we were eyewitnesses of his majesty, his grandeur, his authority, his sovereignty. For he was invested with honor and the radiance of the glory from the God the Father. Such a voice as this came to him from the splendid majesty, glory, and the bright cloud that overshadowed him, saying, This is my son, my beloved son in whom I am well pleased and delighted. Verse 18, and we actually heard this voice and made from heaven when we were together with him on the holy mountain. Verse 19, so we have the prophetic word made more certain. You do well to pay close attention to it as to a lamp shining in a dark place until the day the day's dawn and light breaks through the gloom and the morning star rises in your hearts but understand this first of all that no prof no prophecy of scripture is a matter of or comes from one's own personal 
or special interpretation, for no prophecy was ever made by an act of human will, but men moved by the Holy Spirit spoken from God. So the key is to receive this. Men of God were moved by the Holy Spirit to represent the hearts and intention of God through the words written to benefit and assist the people and the churches within the community. The second text I want to mention can be found in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16 through 17. All scripture, not some, not one, not two, all scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. So, Jesus Christ, the Word, is a person. There's absolutely no mistake about that. The intention of the writer of Hebrews is clear, right? It was written in chapter 4, verse 12. For the Word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of the soul and of the spirit of joints and marrow discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart the word is a person and since the word is a person we ought to treasure the words that he has spoken and take heed to them matthew 7 verse 24 to 27 says therefore everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, the winds blew and beat against the house and yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice like a foolish man who built his house on sand rain came down, the streams rose, the winds blew and beat against the house, and it fell with a great crash. The peace of mind that everyone is in need of is this word. I mentioned earlier that the disciples had the physical person of Jesus Christ with them, and that actually paved the way for you and I, for us to reference it, for us to revisit it and for us to analyze it and learn from it. Got that? These stories were recorded to assist us on our faith journeys. Therefore, I think we should be grateful. Now to the passage today out of Matthew chapter eight, I wanna just focus on verse 26 and 27. And he said to them, why are you afraid? O you of little faith. And he rose and rebuked the winds and seas, and there was a great calm. And the men marveled, saying, What sort of man is this that even the winds and sea obey him? So the presence of Jesus brought about a feeling of calmness to the situations that the disciples were in. You ever get that feeling where... When you were a kid, your, the calmness that your parents bring to you is amazing. It's beautiful. Maybe as a friend of yours, the calmness that a friend brings 
when you're alone. The calmness that the friend brings when they got your back. When it comes to living a life full of freedom, purpose, and peace of mind, I believe it will behoove us to have a relationship with Jesus Christ. And having a relationship with Jesus Christ means we need to have a relationship with his word. I believe with that you will be at peace in a lot of what you do. In fact, whatever you do. From personal experience and from what I know based upon the scriptures, Jesus is the only one who can satisfy you. And the wisdom that he's provided to hold you accountable comes from the word of God. You know, part of having a peace of mind is discovering the truth. And there are obviously so many people searching for truth in so many different places. Now, this podcast is a product of encouraging you to stand on the truth and appreciate how it holds you accountable. If you think about it, accountability is important. Why is it so important to be accountable? Because it raises the standard to bring the best out of you. You don't settle. And I think not settling, what that does is that it raises... Not just the expectation for yourself, if you have any, right? Because ex- expectations can be dangerous. But I'm talking about your ability to perform and to bring what's required in order f- to maximize the success. The truth, right, isn't a theory, isn't an ideology, it isn't a concept. It's the life and person of Jesus Christ. The truth of the matter is, he is the only way, the only truth, the only life. And I believe that if you haven't been able to find that peace of mind, my suggestion is to try Jesus. And I'm not talking about going through the motions. I'm talking about coming humbly to the throne of grace and truth. I'm talking about literally doing the work to come to the conclusion and a desire that this is what you want for your life. Because guess what? God looks at the heart. And he knows your intentions when you come to him. And if you come to him with alternative motives, then you're not seeking out the necessary truth to bring you to a place to provide satisfying contentment that you so longly deserve. This is the reason why when God talked about David being after his own heart and he chose David specifically to be next in line. He spoke about not looking at the outward appearances, but looking at the heart. God knows the heart. So. We're at this point of the podcast where it's devotional time. And my devotion is simple, and it comes out of Lamutations chapter 3, verse 23. Well, let's, actually, let's start at 22 through 24. And for those who haven't read Lamutations, I suggest that you do. It's a very interesting book, and I think it's worthwhile your desire to take the time to see what it has to say. So it says this, The faithful love of the Lord never ends. His mercies never cease. 
Great is his faithfulness. His mercies begin afresh each morning. I say to myself, the Lord is my inheritance. Therefore, I will hope in him. When it comes to having a peace of mind, it really starts with having an understanding of what you believe. Once you're able to have that understanding, then you can relax because it's through the understanding you're at ease, you're untroubled, you're joyful. This joy can only be achieved from within, and the only person that can provide you of this joy is Jesus Christ. So we'll close out with this prayer. Father God, in Jesus' name, transform our hearts and our minds. Change everything within us that isn't meant to glorify you. We submit ourselves to you with all that we have because we trust in you and we know that you're the only way, the only truth, the only life. If you agree with this, please say, in Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen.